You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We've got quarterback tiers, always one of the best articles of the year from our buddy Mike Sando of The Athletic. He goes through and interviews folks and uh, gets votes for quarterback tiers and it changes every year and it's always a fun conversation so we'll start that we'll dip our toe in the quarterback tiers waters maybe uh the first tier and see who's in that tier seems to be a growing tier uh compared to last year if i remember correctly we've got some new signings around the league we've got some training camp updates and we've got some players that want out of their respective teams currently at bd peacock at williamson nfl is where you can find matt and i on Twitter, I want to start with this. There's a lot of talk about players that want out, but with the new CBA, they're all showing up, and it's a lot harder yeah. to hold out and get traded if you're at camp practicing, like Deshaun Watson is, like Xavier, um, like Xavier Howard says he's he's going to be. I've got a statement here from Xavier Howard. I want to start with this. And uh, I think it's well known that there was some trade talks already happening that he had wanted out, but he's got a full statement here about the situation heading into training camp. And it goes like this. I've given my heart and soul to the Miami Dolphins franchise since they drafted me in 2016. And I want to make it clear that I love my teammates. They are my family. But what I've learned is that the business side of the NFL proves organizations don't always have a player's best interest at heart. My experience with the Dolphins The past few seasons has taught me that. In 2018, I signed an extension that I'll admit I didn't completely understand or feel comfortable with. I've played on that deal for two seasons and didn't complain, but everyone knows I've significantly outperformed that deal. I'm one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and the tape backs that up. The assignments I'm given, shadowing the opposition's best player with little help, proves my value, my worth, yet I'm the second highest paid cornerback on my own team, and it's not even close. I want to clear up a few misconceptions about my situation. My agent, David Cantor, and I have never once asked for a completely new contract. We wanted things to work out with the Dolphins and brought solutions to the table like guaranteeing more money that we felt were win-wins for both sides. These were proposals of adjustments that wouldn't just make me feel more respected, but were also cap-friendly, but the Dolphins refused everything we proposed. That is why I don't feel the organization has dealt with me in good faith. I don't feel valued or respected by the Dolphins. Just like they can take a business-first approach, so can I. That's why I want to make it clear I'm not happy. I have requested a trade. Until that trade happens, I'm just here so I don't get fined and will handle myself like professionals do. That is the statement from Xavier Howard. And when I look at what he makes currently a new deal that might get him a little bit more money if a team traded for him. He's his age. He's currently 28 years old. And the asking price from the Dolphins, which has been reported to be, you know, multiple firsts, not just a first, that's tough. I don't see Xavier Howard going anywhere with all those things combined. Matt, do you see it the same way? Yeah. I mean, really good player in his prime. I think this scheme uses him very well. He mentioned how he often travels with the one. He takes the football away. Um, And I understand where he's coming from because it's one of the problems of building through free agency is you rock the boat when you bring in a guy 
for more than the current players making. And it's not that Byron Jones was overpaid, especially for the player he was when he left Dallas. I mean, somebody was going to give him that money. But he's the number two corner on the team, and it's not even close, just like Howard said. So any walk of life, I think you'd even if those two get along great, there's some jealousy or some you know feeling slighted there, and that's just perfectly normal. That being said, he also said my problem with his statement was, well, I signed a contract extension, but I didn't really understand it and wasn't comfortable with it. Well, no one had a gun to your head. It wasn't Luca Brasi. You know, I mean, you didn't have to sign the deal, and it wasn't a terrible one at the time. You're a better player now. I, you know, you you there's some blame here on your end too. Then I mean, you signed the deal. Everyone was happy the day that deal was signed. And he name checks David Cantor as current agent. Was that not his agent two years ago when he signed his deal? And why is that still his agent if his agent didn't uh, explain to him what this deal was about and he didn't like the deal that he signed with that agent? So there's some blame there, too. That's the agent's job, right? Yeah, right. Explain this thing to me and why is it the best deal for me and, (coughs) excuse me, get the most you possibly can. But to your point, I think he'll be difficult to trade. I mean, He's up in age, you know, not that he's old. Again, I think he's in his prime. But if you trade for him, what's he going to be like two, three years down the road if you have to give him a new contract as well? You know, some of these Jamal Adams, Khalil Mack trades, where you got to give up more than a first and sign them to, like, the most money at their position, the player has to be, frankly, better than Howard. You know, I mean, you can even argue if Mack was worth it. And Mack's a superstar and a Hall of Famer and maybe one of the, still one of the best edge guys in the league. So the only thing I could see, and fortunately for Miami, I guess they've drafted this position and brought in Jones and then a first-round pick after that. But they really stress the corner position. I mean, they want to blitz a lot, play man coverage in a very Patriot-like manner, and Howard fits them really well. The only thing I could see is Howard for Chandler Jones or something like that. That actually makes some sense. And you know, it's funny. And actually, I'm looking at it right now. So Xavier Howard did swap agents in January this year. So he changed agents, which makes makes sense. I would hope he changed agents if he signed a deal he didn't like a couple years ago. Total speculation on my part. And I don't know who this new agent is. And he might be the nicest fellow in the world. Or woman, sorry. Obviously, this guy's in his ear. Like, that guy screwed you over. You know, it just sounds like he's in a new camp now. And new people are telling him things. That guy was a terrible agent. You should have been me all along. You never would have signed that deal. Yeah. You just wonder what people are telling them. You, you yeah, know? you always wonder that kind of thing and how recruiting yeah. goes with agents and stuff. And also, uh, the new agent doesn't get paid unless he gets a new deal with that new agent, right? <laughs> Good point. Yeah, he's not making much off <laughs> Zavin right now. Yeah, uh, And Zavin Howard had his best year, and this is the time to strike for him, too. So, But I think that's his peak. Like, I bet he's a depreciating asset from now down. Right, and so does a team pay that price, and that's the hard part for the Dolphins or especially hard for a team that might be trading for him. And we actually went over the list of teams yesterday that could take on Chandler Jones' contract, and it's almost Mm -hmm. the same group of teams. I saw the list uh, for Xavier Howard if they wanted to make a deal for him. So it's it's, it's like all the same teams who who can... Take on Xavier Howard and and who makes sense and who has draft picks that they want to send for him. What's the what's the asking price? Uh, I'm not sending two first round picks for Xavier Howard, but I, he's definitely worth one first round pick. But then it depends on how much you have to pay him. Do you just have to kind of restructure the deal a little bit that he's currently on? As he said, he was trying to do with the Dolphins. 
And why don't the Dolphins want to just say, hey, you know, you you were amazing last year. Let's change some guarantees around. That's Yeah, that, maybe that, that is what happens in the end, and it looks like both teams concede, and then he has a good year if the market's not real hot for him. See, I was sitting here thinking, if, if I'm going to trade for him with the assumption that he needs to be paid as amongst the top corners in football, Jalen Ramsey money, I can't give you any more than a two. That's true, yeah, and so Miami might be saying, hey, two ones, and they're getting an offer of a single second, then he's not going to go anywhere, and that might be exactly what's happening even in those trade talks, and that's what I've heard is that's what Miami, even earlier in the offseason when teams called about him, they were asking too much, and and it was just like, Mm -hmm. well, that was that, and it's very short phone calls. It it does sound similar to the Chandler Jones one that we talked about too, though. Like, they both these teams need the player – is there going to be a huge market at the asking price it would take for these teams to move on from a foundational defensive player that they've been counting on and frankly can't replace at this point? You know, you're not going to get a corner close to Howard and you got to play with. So I bet both these guys return to their respective teams. Maybe if they're not doing well, they're trade deadline candidates. If their teams are out of it or this offseason or more likely team and player come to some sort of agreement where neither is 100% happy, but both are accepting of it. Here's a list of teams. you got to pick one here, Matt. Jaguars, Broncos, Panthers, Jets, Chargers, Browns, Lions, 49ers, Bengals, Washington, Colts, Vikings, Patriots, Steelers. Those are the teams that could have enough cap space right now without doing anything else to trade for Xavier Howard. And obviously some other teams might be able to restructure some things and make that room. Uh, and especially if there was a new contract, you could probably do some of those things. But those are the teams right now that could fit Xavier Howard in. Is there an obvious fit for you? I sort of stopped listening the second I heard the Jets because their corners are abysmal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're, I mean, and they got a lot of cap space. But are you going to give up a first if you're the Jets that might be in the top five next year that could be Singletary from LSU on coming out of school as a 21 year old on his rookie deal? And then it's in the it's in the division too. So no, are, are, yeah, are they going to trade him within happen. the division? That was kind of the 49ers thing with uh, with Chandler Jones yesterday. But maybe Xavier yeah. Howard could be a fit for the 49ers if they're willing to take a second. Niners don't have any ones. And then Chandler Jones to the Jets. Because I can see the Jets being in on either one of those guys because they have some mm-hmm. uh, some need. But again, yeah, if you're the Jets, you're probably not trying to be in the market to trade away your first-round picks right now in this rebuilding uh, zone that you're in. Yeah, trading my first if I'm the Jets would really have to be a special player. But almost every team could use a stud edge or a stud cornerback. So I think there's got to be some interest in most teams to be like willing to check in and say, yeah, well, we'll do a day two pick. And it's like, no, okay, cool. Well, we're out. I think the Cardinals could absolutely use them. I know they're not on that list, but mm-hmm. I mean, they're one of the weaker corner teams out there. So uh, I don't know. I'm sure that they're fielding calls. But boy, multiple first just sounds really steep. Yeah, it's it's too much. All right. Well, let's yeah. check in on some players who have some brand new deals as of today, and hopefully they like those contracts and play all the way through those contracts next. Get in on some extra action at betonline.ag like odds for which wide receiver will lead the league in receiving yards this season. Stephon Diggs, the odds-on favorite to lead the league in receiving yards at 8-1. to one. Calvin Ridley, 
Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins right behind them. Got some younger players coming up with A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and Brown's new teammate in Julio Jones. Maybe some better odds down the list a little bit for C.D. Lamb, the up-and-comer rookie from last year. Justin Jefferson at 14-1. to Lamb is 33-1. to Brandon Ayuk, 66-1. to Kind of like that. Get those bigger, deeper odds for some of these really talented wide receivers in the NFL. Who's your favorite to lead the league in receiving yards in 2021? You can find those odds at betonline.ag, just like you can with quarterbacks and passing yard leaders or rookies of the year, Super Bowl winners, win totals for your favorite NFL team. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On. Receive your 50% welcome Bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Matt, we're down to one rookie that has not signed his contract. Now the number three overall pick, Trey Lance, has signed, and it's slot money, so it's the arguments is always about the offsets, which is the only thing you can really negotiate when it comes to rookie contracts because of the way things are slotted now. Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick, is the last one. New York Jets quarterback who is going to start. He needs to get into camp. Oh, yeah. like, Trey Lance has some time. Jimmy G, according to Kyle Shanahan yesterday, is clearly the one. Trey Lance is the two, period. That's the way he put it. So we'll see if Trey Lance changes those opinions throughout camp in the preseason. But right now, it's looking like they're taking the long-term, slower approach with Trey Lance. But the Jets are not taking that approach with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, the last rookie that has yet to sign. I mean, growing up, and there was always holdouts, you know, first-round holdouts. And then this new CBA, or the, C, the former CBA, basically eliminated that by the slotting, as you mentioned. Once in a while, though, I mean, Joey Bosa, I think, was this guy, you know, mm. where why is he last to sign and why is it a couple days longer than everybody else? And anytime I hear that, I always blame the team. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, is this quarterback really asking for something? much different than the second overall pick last year or the year before or whatever, or the third pick, or, you know what I mean? Probably once halfway between Lawrence and Lance. So is the team being goofy about it? Uh, if it goes much longer, it'll be a, a red alert for me, but hopefully with Lance signing Wilson tomorrow, we're like, okay, now everybody's in camp. And I'm pretty sure they're in the same agency. So uh, I oh. thought for sure it was going to be the number two pick to sign first and then the number three pick if the number two got what he was looking for, then number three would have to. And I heard an, an interesting um, hypothesis about some of these things. And Joey Bosa was with the Chargers in California. And I've heard yep. that most teams do not do the offset language. But for players in like California and New York, which is where Lance and, and Wilson were drafted, it's where Bosa was drafted, those players and those agents try to get more and get everything they can negotiate in the rookie contract because there's more taxes to get their client more take home. So the uh, California teams might have to cave. The New York teams might have to cave on some of those things where other teams don't. And I think that's where the they, they hit sort of a snag in negotiations because those teams don't want to give up what other teams don't. But the agents want to get their clients the most money because you could be the fourth pick and make more money than the third pick take home. If you were drafted into a different state. Now, that adds up. I mean, I, I don't know much about economics obviously and whatnot. And obviously living in New York city or San Francisco or San Diego, the cost of living is much higher than my hometown or the Florida teams don't have the state tax. 
So maybe that's somewhat of a sticking point. I mean, I guess I could buy that. Uh, it's a good point you make, but I also think the the best point was if Lance and Wilson have the same agent and one just signed, can't we just do the same thing? You basically put a little more sugar on it. I want your outsider's take, actually, when it comes to the 49ers, because this is massive news right now going on with the Niners. The, the day one training camp press conference yesterday with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and for Shanahan to say, Jimmy's the one and trades the two, period. Jimmy's getting starters reps, just like a normal starter would any other year. Do you think that's coach speak? Do you think it's odd that a team would give up so much to trade up to number three for a guy and still pay another quarterback so much? And would you be willing to pay a quarterback $26 million to be a backup? Does that just point to Jimmy really being the starter all year? I think it's mostly true, and I think they'll handle their reps that way, and Jimmy will be the opening day starter. But those words don't make it sound like he has a short leash, but I bet he has a short leash. I I keep lumping Chicago and San Francisco together, although Mm. expectations for the Niners, to me, rightfully, are higher. You know, we're looking at them as more of a playoff, you know, Super Bowl contender potentially, where the Bears are, you know, a little further back despite making the playoffs last year and the Niners didn't. So when I hear it out of Chicago, I kind of chuckle and say, okay, Dalton will start, but that ain't going to last. When I hear it out of the Niners, I feel like, it could be an Alex Smith-Mahomes situation. And it has nothing to do with Fields playing at Ohio State and Lance playing at a very small school and barely playing last year. Because you always mention, oh, so what are we going to do for the kid that hasn't played in a year? Let's not play him. You know, so I mean, that makes no sense at all. And plus, I think Lance is further along mentally than Fields just watching their tape. So I just think the Niners ideally would love to <laughs> – Win 14 games in week 18. You you put uh, Lance in, go into the playoffs as a one seed, win the Super Bowl, sell Jimmy high, put Lance in the starting lineup next year. Yeah, that's ideal, obviously. Right. Yeah, and that makes yeah. sense. And we'll maybe see Lance on the field, even not starting. Just to the the thing the thing I think about is like if you're the 49ers and you're Kyle Shanahan, and you have the Seahawks or the Rams up next week. Put Trey Lance on the field for one play the week before, just to make them yeah, waste right, a day right. of practice next week, even if you're not going to use Lance a lot. Lance a lot. There you go. Like Lance that. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, absolutely. And I think we'll see that throughout the year, too, because it's not hard to install, I don't know, five, ten offensive plays mm-hmm. with Lance as a quarterback and Jimmy on the sideline. They could be very basic. They could be quarterback power or whatever. And you certainly want them to throw once in a while. But it is hard for the opponent every week to dedicate X amount of hours to the Lancelot package. Right. Yeah. The everything that could possibly happen. But yeah, QB power, it would seem like goal line would make some sense just to get that extra value. Mm-hmm. That Cam Newton type of a, a bigger bodied athletic runner in there to help to give you one extra player 11 on 11 instead of 10 on 11 when you're in the red zone in the, those goal line situations. Two notes there, though. What I don't want to see is Lamar Jackson comes in the game, Joe Flacco lines up wide mm-hmm. and basically puts his hands in his pockets and doesn't do anything. Yeah. You know, we're going to play 10 against 11. To me, that's dumb. Take Flacco off the field and make that another player that actually moves his feet. Same with Chicago, I suppose. Um, I forget where I was going with the second nugget there, but oh, also along the Lamar lines, 
if it becomes so obvious in practice two, three, four weeks from now that Fields and Lance are just light years more talented and way harder to play against for the defense than the incumbent, or I guess Dalton's not an incumbent, I think you have to play the rookie because that's how locker rooms, you know, they know, the players right. know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if it's if you're just being bullheaded because Jimmy deserves it or you know Dalton deserves it, but everyone in the organization's going, man, I'd much rather play against Jimmy or Dalton than the rookie. Then you have to play the rookie, right? And then you have to figure out what to do with Garoppolo because it's probably too late to trade him unless there's a team like the Sam Bradford Vikings where. Uh, you know, somebody has an injury and they're really desperate for a quarterback. You might not be able to trade him at all. Maybe you just ask him to take a pay cut and remain the backup. Maybe you have to cut him altogether. So there's some other decisions there because you don't want to pay $26 million to a backup quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. How about this one? A new contract for Colts offensive tackle Braden Smith. They've agreed on a four-year extension worth $72.4 million, including $70 million in new money. How does that work? There was $2.4 million in old money? And $42 million guaranteed per source, Indy locks up a big-time tackle. That from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. So Braden Smith, uh, not a household name, but he's been really good and underrated. And when guys get paid sometimes is when people really start to pay attention on a national level. Yeah, and real quality player. I mean, a lot of us thought he was probably a guard coming out of Auburn, but they threw him in at right tackle and he just succeeded from the start. Uh, you know, I mean, that was the uh, same year as Quentin Nelson, the rookie class. So they, they ended up with two impact starters from the beginning, uh, homegrown. I really feel like this organization that's had a lot of cap space over the last couple of years wants to invest in their own. Darius Leonard probably is coming up here. But then my thought is, I'm not sure Braden Smith's not worth this money. It, it sounds like a lot. But what do you ask for if you're Quentin Nelson? I mean, I know tackles make more than guards, but they're not close. I mean, and Smith's a really good player, you know. So how much are you going to have invested in those two players? And Kelly's not cheap either. And I don't know what they're paying Fisher, but it's probably not a ton. Have they scrapped the idea of maybe playing Nelson at tackle? They brought in Fisher, so. but Fisher is on the pup list too. So I'm not sure who would be their opening day starter right now at left tackle. I should know that they they brought in another guy that's not particularly good that started games that's going to hold down the fort until Fisher is healthy. Let's I don't see. think we got uh, we got Sam Tevy, we've got Julian Davenport. Um, both those guys have yeah. started games. Mm -hmm. They're probably both better to be right on the right side. Um, but I think Nelson is a guard still. Yeah, I, I mean, just play him where he shines and, and don't screw with that. But. Um, okay, weaker two yeah, spots, basically, you know. they cross their fingers and hope and Fisher comes back healthy at some point sooner rather than later. Uh, that's that's one, you know, Sam Tevy protect, protecting Carson Wentz's blindside. Probably not the most ideal situation. No, but I'm sure that left tackle is going to get a lot of help, too. You know, I mean, it that's shows true. the It shows the faith in Smith too, the right side. Uh, last little note before we get into QB tiers here, and that is that the Packers are indeed working on a trade, according to Tom Pelissero for Texans wide receiver. Randall Cobb to bring him back to Green Bay, a reunion in the making with old friend Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and there are some people that said that was part of the stipulation for Rodgers. Like, you got to bring back Randall Cobb. So uh, Randall Cobb coming back, he's like basically, uh, I saw an internet meme about Cobb being essentially the father to Amari Rodgers. 
being the baby of the same, you know, of the same ilk there for the Packers, same style of player. But uh, what do you think, Randall Cobb coming back to the Packers? Yeah, immediately I thought, wow, he's kind of in the way of Rodgers. And at this stage of his career, I think I'd rather have Amari Rodgers, you know, I mean, especially in terms of getting them reps and making them better for the future. It just sort of seems like an Aaron Rodgers flex moment. Like, I have power. Yeah. I, I told the team what to do. Ah, so, you know, I win. Yeah, you've been getting rid of my buddies for so long. I'm going to yeah. force you to bring one of them back, one of the guys who's still playing in the NFL. Jordy Nelson's going to come do a Tebow and show up to camp. <laughs> yeah, or, you know. see. Is Brandon Cooks for the Houston Texans like the, the sneaky best fantasy player right now that nobody's talking about? Because who else would you even utilize on offense there? And there's be all kinds of garbage time. I mean, he, he might lead the league in targets when it's all said and done. Yeah, and no matter who's a quarterback. No matter who's a quarterback. He's the only thing they got. Yeah, all right, good stuff. Let's talk quarterback tiers all right. via Mike Sando next. Starting to realize that there's no bad time to enjoy a built bar. It's how I started my day today. Did not have a lot of time before I had to hit record and get working. If you are low on time, you want a healthy snack you need to replace a quick meal maybe you can't do much better than a low sugar low calorie high protein high fiber snack that tastes awesome and to make it even tastier i'll tell you how you can get 15 percent off your next box of built bars built bars are great for the health conscious folks out there uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and even great for a keto diet that peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at built.com. Our old buddy Mike Sando that used to join the program even before I joined on once a week with you. Do you want to set up what the uh, what the quarterback tiers are for Mike Sando that he does every year? It's always a really fun article. It really is. It's one of my favorite articles that I look forward to most every year. It dates back to when Mike was at ESPN where him and I were together and became friends. Um, he polls 50 people in the NFL, and he likes to get a little bit of variety, some position coaches, some defensive minds, some offensive minds. There's always GMs and head coaches involved. So these aren't ball boys. You know what I mean? Like these are pretty prominent guys. And he has, he has, he explains it well that he has a long conversation with each, each, each guy. And he, he brings up each quarterback and says, these are the definitions of a tier one, a tier two, a tier three, where he got them. And then at the end of the conversation, he says, these are all your tier twos. Is there any that don't belong? Ah, yeah, I probably have that guy's a two, but he's different than the rest. Make him a three. So he tallies all the votes, does this every year, and I think it's a really good exercise, and uh, it's on theathletic.com right now. So there's a lot of good quotes, too, from these you know folks in the league. I want to just go through tier one here, and, and maybe tomorrow we okay. can talk about tier two and three because I think they're more difficult conversations. Tier one has five quarterbacks in it, though, and I would think that tier one is, in a lot of ways, maybe one quarterback. So uh, the, the, it's a large tier one, I think, and we still see some older players in it. And uh, the two guys at the top that are tied, that the only players that got 100% of the 50 votes, so all 50 tier one votes going to Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers 
for tier one. Then uh, Tom Brady had a couple of tier two votes, but mostly tier one votes. He's third. Russell Wilson is fourth with 40 tier one votes. And then fifth, Deshaun Watson coming in here at the end of tier one. He had 26 tier one votes and 23 tier two votes and even one tier three vote. So that's an interesting one for me for Watson to get in there. And remember, the ESPN list, which is similar, that was done by, it was put together by, I think, Jeremy Fowler, I didn't so. have Deshaun Watson it's, on it at all. That's where I wanted to start, was some of these quarterback lists across the internet, all of a sudden, aren't even going to include Deshaun Watson, who's clearly one of the best players in his position. I'm not talking about off the field. I mean, I'm here to talk about football, and he's great at football and needs to be recognized and frankly, I think about five is about where he belongs. Um, I'm not giving Mike a hard time at all, but I think I would structure this elite and then get into the tiers because I still think Mahomes and Rogers are different than these other three. It's hard to argue with Tom Brady's success. Of course. Um, Russell Wilson's been doing it for so long. I, I can see Russell Wilson as a tier one and – Deshaun Watson deserves to be number five. So the question is, where do you put the line? And that was where the line ended for the the stipulations and you know the criteria that Sando has for these coaches and for these um, you know GMs and, and everybody that they polled in this. Do you think the order is correct, one through five? I'm a little lower on Brady, and with all due respect, trust me. I mean. And real quick, I mean, this is how he defines Tier 1. A Tier 1 quarterback can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. He has no real holes in his game. Well, my argument would be, again, I'm not giving the, the GOAT a hard time, but if we swap Brady to Houston and Watson to Tampa, I think the Brady wouldn't be three. Let's just say that. Right. I, I totally agree with you. And yeah. I don't think it would have hurt last year Tampa's ability to win a Super Bowl. Maybe I'm no. wrong. Maybe I'm underestimating the you know the the leadership and all the, yeah. The precision that Tom Brady runs an offense. Um but we already saw Tom Brady when things started to fall apart roster wise around him in New England with the great coaching staff and place where he's already won a ton. And it looked like he was nearing the end of his career. In fact, teams stupidly passed on him in the offseason and allowed the Buccaneers to get him. And then on a much better roster, all of a sudden you see great Tom Brady again. And by no means am I taking away what he did since signing no. with the Bucs. It was miraculous. I mean, without much time of practice, he won the Super Bowl in a new building which is unbelievable. And, and I think practice time and reps are more important to him than maybe any quarterback in the league. But I, I keep thinking about him. What, him in Seattle isn't as good as Russell Wilson. You know, I mean, uh, him in Buffalo would probably be as good as Allen. But I mean, it's it just, I, I don't know why I, I read the uh, description of what a tier one guy is is I'm not sure, yes, the team wins because of Brady, but when you start reading the other tier definitions, they need things around him. And I think if Brady doesn't have a line, 
or a, a, a really good line. The weapons are great too, but a really good line. Mm-hmm. I think he would be in trouble. Right. And there's other quarterbacks and Mahomes has a pretty good line around him. He has, but he can make yeah. a lot happen. And sometimes it leads to maybe some more sacks because you're bailing out a little bit. Russell Wilson's made a career of that and been around some bad lines, but he also causes some sacks for himself. Deshaun Watson, I think was the second most sacked quarterback in the NFL last year, but again, can get around a bad line because he can create a little bit. And so that's just, it's just very different too. So it's sometimes hard to compare how different those styles can be with Tom Brady and some of the more athletic quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, and I actually heard a podcast this morning with Sando on it talking about the tiers. And one thing he's noticed over the years is the older guys, the Hall of Famers, I mean, the superstars that have had amazing careers, probably get a little more benefit of the doubt in these things than they deserve. You know, late career Breeze, late career Rivers, Ben, even like a Matt Ryan when we get to those guys. And the up-and-comers that are taking the world by storm – I thought it was notable you didn't mention Josh Allen. Usually it takes them a second year before they really get the bump, which I understand. Now that I'm looking at this list, and and we'll talk about tiers two through four later, and they're sort of larger tiers. I kind of like the large tier situation because I I immediately want to put Patrick Mahomes by himself. Mm -hmm. Is there, like, how big is the separation between Mahomes and Rodgers? They're tied here. They got all 50 votes. Both of them did, but... Is there a gap there, or is there not a gap there? We're just wowed by how awesome it looks, the way Patrick Mahomes does things and some of the throws he makes. I think there's a bigger gap from two to three than one to two, mm-hmm. although I would put Mahomes clearly over Rodgers. But I think they're both in the same tier. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I, I mentioned the, the interview that, that I listened to with Sando. One thing he said was even during the Rodgers down years, the NFL still always had him in tier one. Like he has insane respect from these smart people around the league, even when it looked like it wasn't going so well. So tier two is large as well. And essentially looking at this list, I'm thinking, okay, NFL teams want a guy in either tier one or tier two. And if you're not in tier Mm -hmm. one or tier two, you're trying like hell to get into those tiers with your quarterback. So we'll check in on tier two and three from Mike Sando's article at the athletic Tomorrow, all the latest going on around training camps. Teams are hitting the field. By Thursday, every team will have gotten in training camp practices, and we are off and running in 2021. And Matt and I have got you covered every day right here, Peacock and Williamson.